Oh no! My timing is screwy. Ah, well that that kind of happens. Hey, don't look at my shit. Let's get the music going. You, the awesome. Crushing a mind of uh, the U Robson Show Stop Uh, welcome, my friends. The seemingly a show that never sort of kind of ends. Oh, we got some talk to do to do to do to do to today about McRapist, about the wonderful Mr. Wideman, about basic income redditors. Yeah, I got you. About crime faces, about New York City. About politics, about the state of MMA, and I look forward to the mist. Plus, I got pictures to show you that will roast your mind. Sky gods, sky gods, sky gods. But first, song that says it all, stigmata. Intro, all of nothing. On the record, Calling of the Just. Still available for Revelation Records. In Beach, California. Go to revelationrecords.com. Look it up in Google. Do a little search of things. Type in Calling of the Just, and this could be yours. I'm on my way back Could not see so clear. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back in full, always nothing. All right, let's just get started with this. Let's get started with this. Uh, you notice a change in locale that might happen during the holidays. Uh, uh, but as uh, as the guy said, bad booze, bad booze. Bad boys move in silence and violence. So I, I'm, it's rare that I tell you where I'm going and much more routine for me to tell you where I've been. And I've been in New York City. Uh, um, and and it would be interesting things to say in connection to that. But first, I want to get to, um, I want to do a little uh, how, end of year housekeeping. Uh, and th this is my anti-commercial commercials. Uh, my anti-commercial commercial as usual P-I-N-K-O-9-5-0-1-4 at yahoo.com is if you want to donate, uh, if you want to donate the end of the year or anytime really, and don't want to go to patreon.com slash the stomper, T-H-E stomper, you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're welcome to do so. That's it. Um, I'm assuming that the holiday season is over and that you bought all of the Oxbow gear that you can buy. You'll notice that I'm wearing something 
I'm wearing part of the skull game apparel because let me show you pictures. I'm going to show you a few pictures from here. I finally sort of organized, and, and I'm not finished yet. I finally sort of organized a stock room full of failed dreams. And this is a stock room of merchandise I have yet to sell. Right there. See that? And all that stuff on that shelf, that yellow shirt, is a Skull Game shirt. You remember they used to sponsor the show because it was me? And it says choke on the front. Uh, and then on the back it says uh, uh, Skull Game. And then the other one on this bottom shelf, I think, says uh, uh, blood in, blood out, Skull Game. And then in the corner here, I have two left, I think I'll probably keep those, of covers of the Birth of Tragedy magazine that I used to sponsor, that I used to sponsor, I used to publish with uh, Anton LaVey from the Church of Satan on the cover of one, and Allen Ginsberg on the cover of the two remaining ones. And down here on the bottom is the only whipping boy shirt left made by Tony T-shirt from uh, uh, New Jersey. So these are the things I can't sell, but these are, th or these are things I haven't sold, and these are things, uh, you know, I don't mind. Well, the Whipping Boy shirt, I don't mind selling because it's a rare collector's item and I should probably keep the last one. These Skull Game shirt, oh, the cat's vomiting in the kitchen now. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful thing. Uh -huh. uh, these choke Skull Game shirts, I'll be glad to sell. And I'll be glad to sell them cheap if you want one. In other words, figure out the postage to where you are and you got that shirt gratis. I don't want to have to go out of pocket to do it, but if you pay for the shipping, you got yourself a free shirt. And they're cool shirts. I just don't have the energy, and it doesn't seem right to put them up on the Oxbow website. All this other stuff up here is stuff, like CDs and so forth. Anyway, 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 anyway. So uh, that's the commercials. That's the extent of the commercials. This is, in case you were curious and needed some identification at the top of the hour, this is V. Hey, a nine and a four. Woo, that was pretty simple. Look at my hands all scarred up. This is these scars in the back of my hands are consistently from one guy at jujitsu. Logan, one guy at jujitsu. He doesn't train with us anymore, so they stop. Uh -huh. And and of course, somebody said, "Oh, you got a wart." That's not a wart. You'll notice guys who do gi a lot. That's from the grips and the gi. Anyway, let's, yeah, yeah, we'll pour one out for Popeye, oh, Popeye, yeah, only those of you, I never put that stuff on Facebook or on social media, so only people who listen to this show know about his uh, his July passing of a couple of years ago, um, anyway, poor poor boy, uh, yeah, I think it was lymphoma that got him, um, so anyway, uh, um, let's, let's, let's start at, at the top with, with, uh, with me being in New York. And <laughs> clearly, clearly, like you guys, I'm sure you thought I was crazy when I was like, well, I don't open the Instagram account, you know, because uh, I got spies, you know. <laughs> but clearly the cat who runs, uh, I don't know how Reddit works, but it's uh, Reddit or R slash uh, basic income who is who has <laughs> who says MMA journalist Eugene Robinson. You, MMA journalist Eugene Robertson says that Marvy, and I don't even know, Marie V, whatever uh, Chris Galliter General uh, or Woodpile Weidman's wife's name is, is greedy. And then I did a show last week, V, a nine, 
a three. No, I can't wear a hard one. V9. Three. Um, I said, you know, I, it was kind of a soul searching show because I was bemoaning the fact that I love doing this show, but it's setting me back. So, so uh oh, I'm fro I was frozen for a second because I got a lot of electricity things burning. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then, so the next day, R slash basic income puts up MMA journalist Eugene S. Robertson backpedals. Of course, he, he misspelled backpedals uh, uh, wrong, which was a, a big hoot. But I'm not big with the ad hominem attacks. And I was like, well, I found what was more disturbing than anything was the complete, the complete, and the only reason I'm correcting it here, usually I let trolls do what trolls do, but I'm correcting it here because for a certain regard, I had to be, um, I had to be uh, uh, cloaked. I had to be oblique about what I was talking about. But what I was talking about had nothing to do with Marivi or Marvi uh, a Weidman and had nothing to do with uh, uh, Chris Gallider, General Woodpile Weidman, uh, because this is the TMZ of MMA. I got on that at the end of December of 2018. I got on the Conor McRapist story because of stuff that I was reading uh, uh, in Dublin WhatsApp. And I said, this is what I'm hearing. I don't know. I told you early. The first last truly free voice in America, and the first to mention it here, that uh, 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 Connor McNuggets made Johnny Boney Joni look like a Boy Scout. You heard it here. Based on what? I used words like allegedly and indicated that it was rumor, but I'm okay airing the rumor because that's how journalists work while well, airing it. I didn't write about it, but I'm telling you what I heard in the process of going down deeper some rabbit hole, right? So whoever it, basic our, our slash uh, basic income confused about what <laughs> what what I was bothered by in a very specific way is it I, I, and what I was what I was grappling with is the fact that social media has made it impossible to hide in total who it is that you are do you, you do realize like back in 1994 I could be this guy this wild singer for Oxbow the band Oxbow and still go to my corporate job at Intel, and nobody was none the wiser. They'd say to you, Eugene, what did you do this weekend? And like, like, it, like, uh, what is that? Uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie with uh, uh, Terminator. I would go through the, 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 the talk about what I really did. No, you know, the little, that's a computer readout. B, um, lie completely. Choose something completely anodyne that you actually did do, but that nobody will question you about. C, chose C. I gardened. Nobody was any other wiser. Now, anybody who is interested anywhere can type in Eugene S. Robinson, and, you know, a bunch of stuff comes up about me choking. Uh, 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 Miss Tech did it because she was, she was listening to me whine on, on the other, on the, uh, if, uh, if I did, if the shoes fit. And she goes, well, let's see what we're She types in, and the first thing that comes up is that cat who's running some uh, WeFundMe campaign to have his ass kicked by Eugene S. Robinson. <laughs> so you got to understand this might, there, there are plenty of people outside the family of this show who are creeped out by this shit. I don't give a fuck if two of those people are the, are, are the woodpiles. I don't give a shit about that. 
because they don't pay me. <laughs> if you understand what I'm talking about, put that shit between quotes. I am concerned about people who might want to give me money who then go to google.com, type in my name, see this show, and are completely confused about why a sane person would do this show. That's it. On that note, space gods, sky gods. All right. So one of the things, <laughs> I know I'm my own worst enemy. I don't make it easy, but I'm not here to make it easy. I'm doing stuff that it amuses me. Uh, well, yeah, it's easy to say fuck their feelings. They are supposed to be adults. But when these are people who are lined up to give you cash, you know, they, in general, you know, they're calling the shots, man. You know, they don't want you to play in their casino. You can't play in their casino. Like a singing the Oxbow song. It's, it's casino politics. So, you know, um, guy says, yeah, yeah, I'll give you a bunch of money to do such and such thing. And then the next day, like within hours, the guy goes, ah, you know, we're going to do, actually, we're going to hold off on that right now. <laughs> well, what happened? What happened? The guy's about to tell people, hey, you know, I, I got this guy. He's going to do this great side project for me. His name is, if it's not music and not acting, if it's some kind of corporate shill work, they go to Google and then they got that big goodbye and then it's over. It has nothing to do with the uh, with the wood piles, which we'll, I'll go into later. But first, vis a vis vis a vis sky gods. One of the things I did, I took the kids, my three three daughters and my grandson, my wife. We all went to New York to visit uh, to visit. Uh, uh, I guess now my mother, now great-grandmother to my grandson, fam everybody, family. It's the holidays, right? And one of the things you did to keep the kids from losing uh, kids, my kids are not kids anymore. They're in their, in their, two of them are in their 20s. Um, yeah, you know, but HR, oh, God, see, you're making me screw myself. <laughs> Go to the Brooklyn Academy of uh, um Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn Art Museum, uh, and I'm going through the uh, Egyptian thing, and uh, this is from this is from 2500 BC. I'm going to show you this picture. All right, ready? You have to ignore the Spider-Man phone. It's 2500 BC. What does that look like to you? Okay, how about this? If, if you're confused about that, does that look like a helmet versus a hairstyle? Sorry, my hands are shaking. I'm breathing. And does that thing on the back look like, yeah, okay, well, whatever. It's a, it's a sky god black man. It does look like a black man. I mean, this was in the Egyptian room. But that looks like a helmet. And that thing on his back looks like a pack. 2500 BC. The person who sculpted this, what do you think they were using as a model? You think there were a lot of uh, e e e Egyptian Africans walking around with helmets and backpacks on? Backpacks that look like this backpack that's sculpted in this sculpture. Nah, that, that, that's not a hunchback. Not a hunchback. Now, it could be said that he's carrying a gravestone. There are lots of things. 
But, um, you, you know, I'm going to go with Sky people. And if you keep going through the the the, the a shield, ah, no, 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 no. But okay, Solomon Grundy. <laughs> so so um, now, if you go through this the, the rest of this exhibit, and you see you see um, you see uh, sculpt uh, sculptures of beings with you know horns which look like breathing tubes. Yeah, that's where I'm going, Rocketeer. And it's like, <laughs> most of us don't remember what happened last week, last month. You can't tell me who, well, maybe some of you real degenerates could tell me who won the, uh, the Super Bowl last year or, the, uh, or the, uh, the World Series. I don't remember that stuff. And these were big events. Or who won the uh, movie of the year. I don't remember that stuff. Big events. 2,500 years ago? visitations, sightings, you tell me. I mean, this is a segue into what we're going to do on the rest of it. And two, to use it as a le connection is unstable. Please try while we're, we're reconnecting. See, I've moved my, my place. I've moved away from the router. And uh, yeah. Yep. So, uh, so anyway... So anyway, being in New York was, was sort of interesting because uh, I was staying in, in, in what they call Clinton Hill, which is right on the edge of, uh, you know, usually I stay in Flatbush or, or Park Slope, didn't feel like doing it. Stayed over in Clinton Hill near, um, which is right near Williamsburg. Now, Williamsburg, when I was there in New York, living there in New York, was full of nothing but uh, Puerto Ricans and Cubans and uh, Hasidim, Hasidic Jews. Um, and now it's got, you know, down on Myrtle Avenue, it's got all these kind of bistros and bagel places and nice kind of hipster eateries, but even one block off of it, you know, all right, like on Kent Avenue, it's like old New York. So the main strip of Myrtle is new New York, one block over old New York, but, um, they've been, the guy with the machete went in and then chopped up the people in the synagogue. And of course, in New York City, a city driven and riven by racial politics, any horrible sign, that get, uh, any horrible crime that gets kicked off, everybody in the city who's anybody is like, oh my God. If you're Dominican, you're like, please don't let it be. Don't, don't let it be from the DR. Please, please, well, please wait while we try reconnecting. That's a real drag. I should probably go into the other room, but at this point, I'm set up here and I feel quite comfortable. The other room is cold and not set up for the show. So I'm hoping this, maybe I should open the door, but then the deaf cat goes in and pees on the couch. So what can I do? Let me know if there's a problem in the comments. Let me know if you can't hear me. So um, uh, at this point now, you can tell from the crime, it's largely, if you're in New York City-based crime, you can tell, you can have an ethnic fix really quickly on it. Chris Rock does a portion of his routine on it where he identifies, you know, the guy, if he's using your eyeballs, his click clack, you know, those toys that used to have two marble balls and you go like that and it shakes and they click together. That's probably a white guy. If you're pushing an old lady down the stairs for a welfare check, that's probably a black guy. Well, it's got you, most people in New York can have a pretty good ethnic feed based on the crime. Like when the girl gets stabbed by Barnard, not only did I know that, uh, that they were either black or Latino kids, but I knew they were kids. Because grown adult men who are, who, are, who are criminals 
are usually driven by drugs. The drug that I found, um, the drug that I found, uh, um, the drug that I, the drug that I seem to discover all over New York now, glassine bags of the kind that hold crystal meth all over the place, all over the place. Well, it normal. Uh -huh. You're back, it normal. Um, so no more crack vials, but crystal meth. You know, and that's not the kind that they say the crime patterns that follow crystal meth are very different. They're like the kind of crimes that you that take like credit card crime and fraud and stuff, stuff that you're thinking about and sitting around. Maybe you'll take apart your TV and then forget about it and leave it on the kitchen table where it remains, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> unconstructed uh, for, for some other time when you try to mate it with the toaster. Bad thinking is part and parcel of, of, of crystal meth usage, not street robbery. Crack, street robbery. Heroin, street robbery. Meth, not street robbery. I'm seeing these little vials all over the city. Not um, little classian envelopes. So I'm assuming that the problem in New York right now is meth. It hasn't reached criminal proportions. Grown adult men are not hanging out at Morningside Park trying to rob people. And if they were, college freshmen from Barnard are not fighting back with these guys. You're not going to, if you if you were an 18-year-old, if I, I was an 18-year-old, yeah, I wasn't spending my time fighting with 30-year-old men. So I knew that they were uh, let, uh, Latino or black, and I knew based on the neighborhood, based on the crime, and I knew they were kids, teenagers, because she felt comfortable enough height-wide to, 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 uh, to fight back. So, um, the, the, you know, I'm walking through, through um, we're walking through Williamsburg, and they have, you know, the Chabad, they have, you know, the lighting of the menorahs. You can see everybody lighting the menorahs out. And the hotel that we stayed in, um, oh, yeah. At the time I was in Nebraska, I pulled into a gas station and everybody was tweaking. I was with Scott Kelly from Neurosis. We were on tour. I was like, bro, let's get what you need and get the fuck out of here because this is a very unhealthy. And both he and I were like adept at recognizing the signs. This, this is not a cool place to be. Let's go. Got the gas, get the hell out. Not, not, do not linger. Bad ideas are plenty. So, um, so then, you know, casual as I'm going to bed, um, I see that one of the writers that I have at, at Ozzy and a guy that I know kind of from the hardcore scene is like saying, why is the media not talking about the rise in anti-black anti Semitism? Oh, no, no, sorry. Black anti-Semitism. And clearly, and I'm reading through the comments, and I'm reading through the comments. Hey, you know, I have this, uh, this symbol on my checks as well for CFY, my company. People say, what do you do? I go, ha, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he, uh, he uh, uh, is doing this whole thing, but why are people not talking about the increase? In, and, I mean, clearly, this is, a, this is like a straw, what is it, a straw man set up to, to, to do you know, this internecine kind of New York thing eventually that's been in the offing for a long time. There have been, back in the 50s, you know, there had been a, 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 there had been a, a large kind of connection where citizens found themselves far left because, you know, they understood that far right represented something that was Hitlerian. Man, take a drink, Hitler mentioned 24 minutes in. Right? So, um... It didn't start to fracture until it continued through the 60s, through the civil rights of the 
uh, you know, uh, 60s. It didn't start to fracture until until the 70s. And kind of what happened in the 70s is what happened to Italians as well. They got a little, a lot of wherewithal, and they started abandoning the cities for um, for places where you could own homes and have lawns. There's nothing nefarious about it necessarily. Yes, there was redlining. Um, um, uh, um, yeah, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Okay. Um, that's kind of wrong, but I don't, I'm not going to take it down that rabbit hole. Um, you know, uh, no, 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 not Hillary. She's a non-factor. Um, so, so, so it started to fracture kind of in, in the seventies, I think when both Italians, I mean, New York's little Italy is now a tourist attraction. Yeah, it's a tourist attraction, right? It shrunk and shrunk because all the Italians, they moved to Jersey where they can have a house with a lawn. They even now used to go out to Bay Ridge, a large Italian. They made some money. They moved uh, Mineola, Westbury, out on the island, Staten Island. They moved. And when they moved from the city, which is literally a melting pot, you can't go on the sit on the subway without being exposed to class diversity, not even racial diversity given but class diversity in the space of 10 minutes, you could see, you know, a white stockbroker and a white homeless guy. You could see a black stockbroker and a black homeless guy. You could see, you know, a Latino panhandler and a Latino doctor, all in the space of, you know, in the space of a 10 minute subway ride. So it started to fracture in the seventies. And I think largely based on the fact that they moved out to bedroom communities in Staten Island, New Jersey, Long Island, and stopped being, being perceived of the people. Um, and there's a whole question of whether Jews are white or not. And a friend of mine who's one of the only people I knew outside of my mom who went to an all-black university back in the 70s, <laughs> 60s or 70s, um, was a friend of mine named Noam Friedman who's written a couple pieces for me um, uh, did a couple pieces of, of me uh, for me at, at Ozzy. Um, and he said, yeah, the only time that I've been considered non-white is when I was at Howard. And so black people in, in, in who clearly back in the seventies, when he was there understood that there was, you know, that there was a minority connection between African-Americans and Jews. But uh, as they moved out to the communities uh, out of the city, you know, out of the, the class diversity, out of the, there became, you know, and uh, and African Americans started to feel the, the, feel a certain sting of of um, of of what they perceived to be white racism. And if they could hang it on the Jews, okay, but it was primarily who owns this building, who owns this building, and who's collecting the rent for this building that I live in that is now burnt down to the ground because somebody wanted to collect insurance money. These are hypotheticals. I don't know. Don't have any proof. And then something strange happened. All the surly Palestinian guys who bought the corner stores from the old Jews or, or bought up the bodegas or were competing with the Latino guys for the bodegas. Um, these Palestinian guys were in African-American neighborhoods were surly as shit. And they were not, I mean, they, they, they were in the East Coast like initially, you know, 
there was this antipathy like in LA with Korean grocers and African-American communities. And if you remember that reaches apotheosis when the girl got shot, the 17 year old girl got shot in a grocery store after she got into some art, verbal argument with the Asian shopkeeper, an older lady who shot her to death in the store. So, uh, um, so uh, uh, this, start, this started to be a problem in the 80s, support for Reagan. Reagan was not perceived as any friend of the black African-American community. And so now you have this whole long, like 30 year slide in the nature, but that's not the issue of the guy with the machete in the freaking synagogue or the crazy tribes of these, these, these black Israelites that, uh, that hang out in Times Square. Those guys are total lunatics. The issue with this guy with the machete is he was a mental patient. Well-documented, well-documented, well-documented. So I, I, I say, I don't want to get into this thing because I hate, as you well know, I hate these internet squabbles. They don't mean anything. They don't, they're wasted of time. They don't do anything but, but uh, make Facebook rich. I hate them. Hate them. Pointless. But I have to get in there finally because people are going nuts. And they're like, I can see this. Like it's, they're whipping this thing up into like this anti-black thing. And I said, you know, there are plenty of black Jews. You should maybe talk to them and find out where they are. But I, I'm looking at this primarily as a mental health issue. And I'm not going to fall for the, 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 the red herring of comparing church shootings, which we've had a few since then, to synagogue shootings, to, to the L.A. white guys who were shooting up the skit, wanted to shoot up the synagogue, the, the, the yeshivas when the kids were getting out of school. Uh, uh, so... Um, uh, you know, I, uh, um, uh, blacks that are getting deported out of Israel are, are uh, that's an issue too. They're, they're usually Africans who are being denied the right of return because they can't show the provenance of their Jewishness. And that's another story as well. But again, that's more, as far as I'm concerned, Ashkenazi versus Sephardic. Uh, uh, and that's, there's been a good antipathy between them as well. But the reality of it was that um, the Palestinians have done a great job of selling the narrative of, you know, you know, you Native Americans. We go, OK, yeah, well, we're like them, but in Israel. Well, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe because they're black. Maybe, maybe. I mean, you know, the Ashkenazi are essentially Russians and Russians. I don't care what you say. I spent a lot of time in Russia. Well, not a lot of time. I've been there once. Spent, but the one time I was there, I was there like a week and a half. Uh, the Russians are kind of racist. Little, just a little bit, just a little bit. You know, you're just a, you know, no Billy. You're just a little bit rude. Just a little bit rude. Not generally, but just a little bit. They've had to shut down games, uh, soccer games in Bulgaria. Guys are throwing bananas on the on the field. So they said, look, we're going to find you. are going to keep your fans out. And the fans are like, why can't we have a little bit of fun? You know. Anyway, that's not the point. We're getting off track. The track is that um, this guy's trying to whip up this, you know, this internet thing. And I just go, let's ask questions. Let's, I'm just going to ask a few questions. I'm going to ask some questions about mental health. I'm going to ask questions. And he goes, will you admit that there's an increase in, in, in black anti-Semitism. I said, well, you have among mental patients, black mental patients, yes, there's probably an increase. Among black non-mental patients, 
it's probably the same as it ever was. And then I suggested you uh, you talk. Please wait while we try reconnecting. Reconnecting. Uh, I guess I'm back now. So Ashkenazi is a closed community, right? And they're like other closed communities. If you, under the time, I remember somebody did some survey about Ireland and about mental health in Ireland and these other island nations, about mental health in Japan. And there's probably something that you could, about closed communities and, and the amount of schizophrenia. You know, that, that might be right. So anyway, so I get in there and the guy was like, well, okay, you know, I kind of diffused this, this, this is what was turning into a lynch mob. Uh, but of course, I know it's New York, so I know people are not. So um, we're walking around Williamsburg, and I'm like, ah, you know, this is this is kind of this is kind of weird. There was an increased police presence, and so on. But the claim that I made, and this is where we we get in, the claim that I made was that I think that it's about the creation of environments. Anton Lavey from the Church of Satan used to be very into this idea of total environments. You go into his house, and he he would have. A whole room of the house made up like a 1920s speakeasy, complete with mannequin posed mannequins and music. I kind of like that idea. I mean, other people have done that, and they call it different things now. And people did it before him. It's not like he invented it. But yeah, but see, this is, this is Genghis Khan. This is I'm not I'm not going down that road. I'm not going down that road. See, the problem I have generally, and, and the problem I had with him is that it's about creation of environments, and in this instance. We are singularly in a restaurant where, where the currency, the market trade value of things is outrage, umbrage, you know, um, baseless rage, or, uh, and, and, and they just bet it does nothing. It does nothing. It does nothing. It does nothing. It does nothing to advance the argument. It doesn't make me smarter. doesn't make you smarter. doesn't solve any problems. doesn't change anything. And the tendency I find on the right side of the aisle, and I don't remember this from, from the left side of the aisle, maybe I was blind, maybe I didn't have the ears to hear, is this kind of sense of, um, this sense of, uh, um, this sense of, uh, this, like this overly, this defensiveness, that's the word I'm looking for. Defensiveness. The first word that a friend of mine who was a Trump guy ever spoke to me about being a Trump guy was, as I mentioned in the past show, he said, I'm sick of people telling me I'm stupid because, you know, I want to vote for Trump. You know, you know, I never said those words about, about Obama. And I know plenty of people who didn't like Obama. I know plenty of people who were not right wing Republicans who didn't like Obama because he was in the pocket of Wall Street. Right. And alternatively, I didn't spend eight years of Obama gloating. Like, oh, stuff like, eh, eh. I mean, it's, it's really fucking puerile. And it makes it very easy. Like when I go to Germany, if I get tired of working to understand the language, it's easy for me to tune out. Uh, you know, my wife does this as well. She goes, and eh, she gets tired. It's easy. You know, English is not her first language. It's easy to tune out. Easy to tune out. So all that kind of internet chatter, internet fighting, back and forth, squabbling, you, you, it's like, it's like I don't, have you ever been to silent discos? Silent discos? I, I, at this point now, I don't even care who wins in 2020. I don't give a shit because it's total environments and I want the environment changed. 
if if somebody on the left side of the aisle uh, um, wins and we have this same screechy, high volume, un- outrage, umbrage, insult, uh, um, offense taking, and it continues, what I call, consi- cons- I can't think of any other way, internet language. Yeah, communication is difficult under the best of circumstances, but now this has become the thing to do. And it's aided and abetted by Twitter, by freaking Google, by by Facebook. And it's a way you talk to people when you know you don't have to fucking risk getting punched in the mouth by them. And that's the way I look at it. Like I've, in older shows, we've talked about violent language as a precursor. Nobody. Humans do this. I mentioned this in connection to prostitution. That... Um, <laughs> yeah, I mentioned this in connection to prostitution. Did you know that there's probably not a single act that goes, okay, okay, I'm going to pay for sex and I give you money for sex. Give you money for sex. It's, if I, I can go in the Safeway and buy a can of tuna and not have any words exchanged between me and the person selling me the tuna, put the tuna on the counter, they go, how you doing? I can go, eh. and I go, fine, doesn't want to talk. Do the card, punch the thing out, self-serve, I can go in out. But if you've ever been to a prostitute because of the fear of being busted, that you might be an undercover cop or some such thing like this, I, I mean, I've heard. People talk. You know, establishing some sort of, well, what's the commonality? Commonality has got a, pot, a wallet full of cash. Commonality is that you want to have sex because you want the cash. I guess that's the commonality, right? So, um. The, it's transactional, it works. But we, with this internet kind of conversation, we're not trading in anything of real value. It's like what credit cards did to our kind of perception of currency and, and cash and trade. It's what the internet is doing to how we speak to each other and how we think about it. <laughs> now, on the one hand, my voice has been amplified in regards to McRapist, Right? Because his voice is amplified. So if he tweets something out that makes his way down my neck of the woods, I can retweet that thing out and add stuff about him being, uh, 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 you know, uh, an anal marauder. If I, if I hear rumors out of Long Island, FYI, about pro MMA fighters in their personal lives and what might drive them beyond what I think is healthy, safe, and sane. Okay, Eric, you help me magnify it, that's great. Help me sell merch, that's good too. But the process of, 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 of letting the outrage and the umbrage and the upset affect the way I speak, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Many of you know that you, st- you and I in this page, in, in, in this context, started out as enemies. Genghis being one of them. Started out as enemies. I mean, he was a, oh, you know, you, you lefties. And I just go, man, that's the internet talking. I don't, I don't have anything to do with it. I don't give a shit. Trump wins again. It, I, you know, if... And the thing is, the reality of it is, I know if Hillary won, it would still be this tonally the same sort of thing. It's a nation that have of, of, of people, and our conversation reflects this, that have forgotten about shouldering your burden without complaint. Because you deserve to be listened to. 
deserve to be paid attention to because you're important because you have my space. <laughs> 40. You're a young man. 40. <laughs> 57. Which I say after I roll. So, uh, anyway, anyway, uh, um, you know, what I want, and I think the pendulum of American politics seems to dictate this, right? I mean, if, if I don't know how, I don't, I don't know how old you guys are, all of you, and so on. But like, um, I could feel tonally after eight years of Clinton that people would just, we just wanted something mostly different, and beyond it were real pocketbook issues that, and and I finally come around to like my drummer was saying, expressing his, um, um, you, you know, expressing his disdain for for Obama, and 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 this was. I had a finer put on it, but point put on it by Kid Nate. I was looking at the symbolic Obama. You know, Kid, Kid Nate was looking at the practical Obama and about what happened post crash. Boom, post, you know, uh, dot, dot bomb, boom, post crash. I mean, the language spoken, the language spoken post Obama is very, is very much a language that you hear old people voice. And I for I for <laughs> I for one <laughs> that's crazy dog. I for one we it's just crazy talk because Abraham Lincoln was the uh, was the uh, was the first gay president. Anybody should know that. First of all, he was a wrestler. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Second of all, he and his wrestling buddies used to play a game where they would take a towel put it between their legs, and then their other friend would uh, have sex with the space between the towel between their legs. Any of you ever do that with your friends? Any of you president of the United States of America during the Civil War? I guess not. (laughs) So that was Abe Lincoln. Little known facts about American presidents. Look it up. Not lying. So anyway, So, uh, hmm. so I just, I, I want the tone to change. And, and, and those of you who have, you know, so, you know, you guys fight with each other, you know, you're on Twitter and then I just, I won't participate. I'll read it, but I'm not retweeting it. I'm not taking sides. I'm not, it's just, you know, I, I, I think what, what America needs now, it needs, America hasn't gotten around to thinking they want it. What America needs right now and globally it is a good a good father. Fair but firm. And the panic that still fuels a lot of the nationalism all over is the same. It's the same. I don't want my plane bombed. I don't want my church bombed. I don't want to get shot in the supermarket. Simple. If your if your ideology is somehow fueled by a desire for worldwide caliphate. And I disagree with you, and you want to kill me. It's a bad day for me, and it, it breeds a certain tension and a panic. You know, if you read Bernard Lewis, if you read Bernard Lewis, uh, if you read Bernard Lewis's book about the Middle East, he goes, you know, the Middle East, these Arabic countries were like the shit for hundreds of years. When when Europeans were living in caves, these guys had invented like 
pyramids and mathematical systems and whatever. And then suddenly, like they turned away for half a second and they came back and boom, <laughs> they were a backwater. And, and American drilling concerns were coming to them and say, I'll tell you what, we'll give you the technology to get this oil out that'll make you rich as long as you put them in our banks. So who, who are you? I'm your older brother, Michael. I'm your old brother. I'm smart. I could do things. Really? You could do things? How come the illiteracy rate, infant mortality? Was it like... And we started treating the Middle East like they were uh, 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 retarded next door neighbors. Palestinians did what the Irish did to recast it like, uh, you know, and so we have these, you know, we have people boycotting Israel. You know, we have people who are understanding. It's like the Native Americans. Well, I, you know, there have been several attempts with two-state solutions, but that would ruin the fundraising. I'd like to hear from some Palestinians who could speak freely and are not worried about getting killed by the Palestinian Authority, which is presently the way it is. And like I said to somebody, my kid was saying, asking me, well, what have I said, okay, devil's advocate. Israel ceases to exist. It's yanked off the map. Do you think the Middle East is a peaceful place at that point? Yeah, yeah, Hernandez, you could say, yeah, take it. It's not a peaceful place at this point. Are you Sunni or are you Shia? Which are you? Which are you? It's unstable. And what we desire is stability. And what we look for is a firm but fair uh, 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 parental figure who can deliver this. Trump is the thwarted son perpetually. My father is the thwarted son perpetually. I understand the ethos of the thwarted son. Now you got to wait for that. Sorry, I'm getting up to it. And we'll run a little bit over. They come, they come, they're wolves, but they come as sheep. Wolves, sheep clothing. Well, they, 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 they evoke or evince this fatherly thing. But they're not our friends. They're not our friends. The bald one is not our friends. And more significantly, his business model is not based on being friendly. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, you don't think so, huh? <laughs> uh, you, you know, Iraq and Iran had a war, and it, it was so virulent that they couldn't, that they couldn't, they couldn't stop they couldn't stop to, to cap the wells. The oil was just pouring out to the desert because they couldn't, it would take away from the war effort. What was that about? Nothing to do with Israel. And you know, there are Arabs who live who live in Israel. But let's talk about Jewish expulsion from Arab territories. Let's talk about the the the, the six was the, the six-day war. I mean, there's not where you there are no honest brokers in this part of the world. BB Netanyahu is not the guy, but there are no honest brokers there. But uh, I don't want to go. The point is, I'm going to segue into our, our collective desire for a firm but fair father figure and his tendency to lead us to listen to anybody who, who, who pushes that kind of rebop 
a la the bald one. Well, John Nash tweeted some stuff out, tweeted some, uh, tweeted some stuff out that said, listen, <laughs> you know, the Baldwin has created this illusion that what he does, he does for the fighters. And he'll, he'll quote these things that he does, but it's just the same mistake that people made with the music business. But hey, kid, you want a Cadillac? I'll get you a Cadillac. Kid, you want, you want a music video? I'll get you a music video. And you get all this stuff and then you ask for your royalties. You go, well... Cadillac wasn't free. I mean, I had to pay for it somehow. In the music video, well, you wanted the best. Same time, that same guy has been drawing a paycheck. That's part of the best, right? It's a casino, and the bald one is the house, and his house is not your friend. And the only time I like that is when the guy who believes the house is his friend or needs to believe that like McNuggets, is the guy who's believing that. Then I'm happy. You know, then I'm happy. And and who was it? ESPN got their hands slapped. Um, <laughs> so, so <laughs> you know, ESPN got their hands slapped recently because uh, one of the football coaches had his daughter-in-law die. I'm getting this all wrong and mangled. I'm not a football fan. And and one of the sportscasters talked about she died in a plane crash. And um, and uh, she died in a plane crash. And, and I have to say that the, the sportscaster who described it as, ah, the distraction. <laughs> and people flipped out. It's like, yo, bro, guy's daughter died. His daughter-in-law died. And a plane crash, I like, got one of his other coaches. Are you kidding me? Distraction? You know, somewhere there are real people living real lives away from. And when I look at McNuggets, if I, when I look at his stupid freaking face, all I see, I retweeted out some of that stuff this week that came off of uh, the Dublin WhatsApp stuff from the police reports about how brutally beaten this woman was. Brutally. That's their word, not mine. Beaten bloody. Consensual. So if that kind of sex act was consensual, we should be able to find a record somehow of interest uh, of indicating that she was into outre sexual behavior of the BDSM kind, right? Shouldn't we? All my friends who are in BDSM, I could I could find them online and and find at, whether it's their Instagram, whatever they evince a, a practical and public interest in this stuff. No, 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 no. I don't think they're friends at all. But I think the degree to which which uh, uh, McNuggets has to believe that now, I, I, I can feel that he is in a time when he needs friends and he believes a friendly face indicates friendship. And that's never the case. Never fall for that one. Like I said before, with a lot of these, with these, a lot of these guys trying to troll me on the internet, he's like, see that look on my face? I'm happy to see you. And I don't like you. <laughs> Doesn't always indicate friendship. I, it took me, a, you know how many times I got punched in the face before I figured that out? You know, I got punched in the face, let me say, four times before I figured out if I'm exchanging words with somebody and they walk back to me, it's not because they couldn't hear me before is because they specifically are getting closer in order to hit me in the face. 
McNuggets needs to not believe this is true. <laughs> he really needs to. He needs friends because everybody needs friends. This is the point I made with Trump. You can't fight a multi-war battle. Everybody needs friends. If your only friends are Japan, you're going to get fucked. That was a World War II reference for those of you who are confused. Man, Italy, what's he talking about? Is he talking about one fight championship? Is the Italian getting into the MMA game? So, right now, right now, in general, I am still pushing hashtag not paying for UFC 246. But I can't, I mean, I'm like, or like Prince said, I'm going to make believe it doesn't exist. But since we started talking about conspiracy and we're winding down the show, I want to ask you, I want you to give some serious thought to, is 246 a work? That's it. Simple. Simple. It's our fantasy MMA league. Does the house have more to gain if he wins versus loses? I think that we're in a rare spot right here because I think what the house wants to decide or figure out is organically, does this guy still have some wind in his sails? And they're they're innate they're enabling this, of course. When they came out with that piece about tickets are sold out, it took exactly. It, it, it took exactly uh, it took exactly half a day after they came out with that um, yep half a day to come out with proof easily obtainable proof easily obtainable proof that nothing was sold out <laughs> no venue was sold out I don't know what venue you're talking about <laughs> I don't know what somebody just tweeted something at me and I can't see what it is. It says one anus at a time. I, I, I hope to God that has to do with McNuggets. So that's it. Is it a work or not? Pascal's wager. And, I, and I'm going to agree with Genghis here. I, I, yeah, I think... I, I think it's a perfect storm for you take the company guy, non-parial, uh, uh, Donald homophobe Cerrone. I think I can do better with that name. It's called maybe Sissy Boy. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know why it should be the gay community's problem that he's a homophobe. So I just stick with homophobe instead of making fun of him. I got friends who are Sissy Boys. It's not it's not pejorative. Com got non company guy non parial and Donald homophobe Cerrone fighting against a badly wounded McNuggets on a dog shit card in a dead zone right after the holidays. He wins that. I mean, I'm, I, I've heard some of these conversations before, like that guy who lost to Brian, the guy from North Carolina who lost to Brian Schwartz. Uh, I heard about the fight meeting before where they talked to him and said, if it goes to the ground, let the guy stand up. We'll give you four fights. It comes out to your benefit. Someday, I may, and that day may never come. 
I'll ask you for a favor. And I don't expect to be refused. Donald, homophobe Cerrone, will you fight McRapist? You will fight McRapist. You have losses on your record. You are close to the end of your career. You are still Hall of Fame, and we will still give you money fights. But it would really help us out. It would really help him out. You know what I'm saying? Do I have to say it? I'd like to give you a check for your war effort. I really want to help, but you got to help me with the Biden thing. I know Biden's dirty. I just need somebody to say he's dirty. Will you say that for me? What happens, though, what does it mean if Donald, the homophobe Cerrone, wins the fight? I would say that that means a bald one has stuck his finger in his mouth, put it in the air, and said, this dog's not hunting. <laughs> you know? And if you don't think he's still a little peeved about how McNuggets was acting when he when his hand was on the rock, you know, they say diplomacy is about saying good dog until you got your hand on the rock. If you don't think the bald one has, if you think he's forgotten how, oh, you're going to take out 12, and I want my ownership stake, and you're going to put 12 on the turnbuckles, proper 12, my piss whiskey on the turnbuckles, and you're going to do this, you're going to do that, because I'm in a position to call the shots, you know? If you think he's forgotten that, I need to tell you, he hasn't. He has not. Day by day. If you don't think he's in touch with him more regularly, sticking his finger in the air, looking at the press, looking at this, he's looking at that. If you not think he's paying at Twitter, what's trending, what's not. And I hate to say it, we're talking about, dude, you know, we are part of this problem. Yeah, Prince said, you know, he said, ah, he said, uh, I just treat my marriage like things I don't, uh, other things I don't like. I just make believe it doesn't exist. We're not making believe it doesn't exist. We're talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he doesn't, he doesn't, I mean, I'm going to have to go with Khan on this one. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna lay it out. I'm gonna call my shot, even though the next week we'll do. You know, but uh, 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 care don't care, or the week. And I'm gonna. I'm bailing on. I'm not gonna talk about the fight. Uh, but we'll talk about it on if I did it, which comes back. I think January seventh, Leonard Part Six. Yeah. Um, but I just. I can't. I just. It's just the smell. The smell. You smell it. Smell. I don't even say it's a work. I don't even say it's a work. If one guy trains and another guy hangs out in his tractor and plays with his kids and, you know, goes on Joe Rogan, smokes a bunch of weed and takes it easy, you know. Um, I mean, you know, works in – there's a guy uh, – I, I, I see other shows, stuff is coming up. Like my time with Crime Faces in New York, it's coming up and stuff on Ozzy, so I can't really, really talk about it without tipping my hand. If you don't know Crime Faces, you you should. I was turned on to them by Hanato Laranja, 
and they're probably the funniest people in America right now. You should check them out. Yeah, that good for you. That wasn't a skinhead. But I just it's just, just there's just too many smells coming out of this kitchen. I just can't. I just can't. I can't. I can't. I just can't. I think it would be emotionally irresponsible for me to act like this is this is something real that's really happening because I don't think it is. The question is, you, you, you know what's true? This is not Nietzschean or Descartesian. You know what's true? This is not platonic. You're true, beautiful, good. The platonic uh, triad. What's true is what you can sell as true. Those of us who are, or refuse Nicks are saying like, you know, I don't want to increase the fortunes of guys who are rapists. It's a real easy step for me to take. Real easy. With four sisters, three daughters. Real easy for me to take. Don't want them. Don't want to see them. Don't want them around. He needs to rededicate himself to dealing with his legal problems. And if he can come back in time, come back in time. If he can't come back in time, the same disregard that Johnny Boney Joni showed when he fled from the scene and with the pregnant woman with the broken arm is this tenfold. The thing is, like like Gallagher, the SEAL guy, the big the big chance, the big gamble that Trump took by pardoning this guy, putting him on tour with him, advancing him is recidivism. Like Clint Eastwood says in Dirty Harry, so he's going to do it again. And they say, how do you know? Because he likes it. Can you get behind, can you put your billion dollar, multi-billion dollar organization behind a guy who has not made amends, who has not faced the music, who has denied, denied, denied that he's done it, who's tried to pay it off, who's chosen to hang out with, with uh, mafia cats who who hasn't addressed his drug problems? Can you get behind? I wouldn't. I wouldn't have that guy drive me across town. I would not have him drive me across town. What? But but our ignorance, our ignorance is what allows him to profit. If you looked at the odds, you would never go into a casino, but we go into casinos all the time. It's us. And if you think, I mean, the thing is, I'm all about forgiving people, like those guys on Twitter who are like, Yuji, what about due process? I'm all about, look, Michael Vick, he strangled dogs with his bare hands. I know people who want to see this guy permanently done. But you do realize if he had gone, well, I mean, you do realize that the guy was punished and, and let go. And I'm, I'm, you know, like I got a friend who, I got a couple of friends who murdered their partners. One guy who's out 22 years, and now he's, he's back in, I think, some parole violation. I don't know what it was exactly. Back in San Quentin, another guy with seven years. He's out. You've heard me talk about it before. Has not reoffended. 
I know people won't talk to him and say, how could you talk to that piece of shit? Why would you interview him? But the better Sam McBride, you can look him up. I did an Aussie uh, secret sides with him. You go to OZY.com and type in Sam McBride. It comes up. He's not likely to reoffend because the guy is, he, he's been punished. And I think, you know, penitentiaries don't make people repentant, but I think we should give a, a nod ahead to that. But with, with McNuggets, you're going to increase this guy's fortune. And what lesson do you think is going to be taught to him if we aid and abet and embolden this cat? Why would we stop? Could he stop? Will he stop? Don't know. But I'm going to have to put my money on it being a work, not an aggressive work. Not an aggressive work. I mean, you know, if you cannot train and get high and go on Joe Rogan and goof off and just be your general homophobic self and still win the fight, good on you. Bad on him. He's done. His head is distracted. But I don't suspect that's what's going to happen. I'll read about it the next day, sure. But there are lots of ways to win a fight, as I've said before, and there are lots of ways to lose a fight. Matt Hamill beat Johnny Boney Joni. <laughs> and Chris Weidman in a, in a woodpile Weidman, the Galilee General, indicates why he is the undisputed hands-down leader of the Lost Battalion. He said he's willing to have a warm-up fight before he fights Rock Cockhold again. That's good. I feel like uh, 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 Yosarian in Catch-22 when Dr. Nika tells him what Catch-22 is. It's like, that's a good one. That is good. That's two fights I'd pay to see. But I don't think he should do them. It hurts my heart. Where's my little Weidman in the, in, the, in the bird's nest? It's in the other room. You can't move this guy. You can't remove him. He's doing stuff that they'll be trying to figure out years from now. Love this cat. And he started out so strong, too. It's, it's got to be a weird way to punctuate a sentence. Beating one of the greatest of all time, who people still widely hold to be the greatest of all time, to be in the punchline to an internet joke. And then, of course, one of you guys did something that I loved, and then I'm going to end the show. One of you did something that I loved. You did your, your research on r slash basic income and found out that they're part of the Weidman team. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, man. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, for sure your wife can kill you. Easily. Easily. <laughs> mm. But, I mean, this is the weird thing, that if, 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 if wives can easily kill husbands, and usually, I mean, some women are in jail, but the one woman said, you know, I was cleaning my gun, and, and they just did the thing with the red threads and found out, well, nobody cleans their gun like that. So clearly your husband came in the kitchen and you shot him. She had a lover. They couldn't hang. Ba-ba-bing. Shot him. They just did the red tape thing and looked at the bullet entry. You, you, your hand was raised. 
You were cleaning your gun that way? No, nah, we don't believe it. So she's in jail. What's funny is that, that that's a crime that's very easy for women to get away with, murdering their husbands. They didn't say anything once a guy's dead. And they do with great regularity. But why are the protections so weak on the front side with the rape thing? This I don't know. <laughs> that's no joke. <laughs> anyway, that's the end of the show. Oh, I got a boy, the trade today. Last show of 2019. Uh, for those of you in the Las Vegas area, one of you is I know he's his he's his date his dance with destiny is coming up. Harvey, I'm talking about Weinstein. Those of you who are in the Vegas area know that <laughs> know that um the, the primary in Vegas that a uh um that uh uh -huh. primary in Vegas in February that uh, Ozzy wants me to cover it because they think that if they, if anybody could cover uh, a primary in Las Vegas fear and loathing style, it would have to be me. Of course, you know, those of you, those of you who have spotted me in Vegas, held true. Thank you. Held true to think if you see me in Vegas, you didn't see me in Vegas. So Mr. R, you know, you know, you, you, uh, yeah, Mr. R, you know who I'm talking about. Kept my confidence, bought me a drink. That was some good times. You see me in Vegas, you didn't see me in Vegas, except for this, because I need the story. So I'm supposed to go to cover, uh, like one or two days, supposed to go to cover the primary there and just walk up to people and start talking to them. It's very different with the thin, spindly, short Hunter S. Thompson and the large, imposing, rip to the rip to the tits, Eugene S. Robinson. But maybe I'll just do, play this safe and sane and just ask people questions about politics, a la where we started the show. And with that callback, we'll end it. This is the number nine four. That was easy. I am your host, the Eugene S. Robinson. We will see you next year. If, if, you, if you want more of where this came from, know that though there is no uh, if, if, there's no if I did it today, we don't come back until January 7th with that one, but there is a if the shoes fit tonight later, go to YouTube in a notification thing for if the shoes fit. If you want it, I think it's actually going to be a full house. I think it's going to be me. It's going to be Alexi. It's going to be John Nash. It's going to be Kid Nate. All in the house. If you want 30 minutes of fun loving about the end of the year stuff vis-a-vis non-MMA topics, tune in. As you know, also uh, with the Care Don't Care, they have limited me to 35 in, in, in 2020. 35 only based on a new law that was passed in California, uh, just FYI. Um, follow me on Twitter at Eugene S. Robinson. For the stories that I write in Ozzy that um, uh, that uh, will be published because I can't think of any way to get you guys to know it sooner sooner than later. Um, the reality of it is, uh, the Ozzy Confidential podcast has been entered in the uh, the one on Josephine Knockoff on the uh, PhD in crack that's been entered in the competition. Yeah. 
Well, I call I call New Year's Eve amateur night. Keep it safe and sane. Don't get killed. Don't drink too much. Don't. I was gonna say don't do what I would do, but all those things that I would do probably involve getting killed and drink too much. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, um, at Eugene S. Robinson, it's still gate kept because of people like that. The the spies. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the spies. Uh, uh, Mr. Sleep, the number three on Instagram, facebook.com slash the stomper or stomperville. I never, I think it's stomperville. And these are the ways you can find us. Otherwise, take care of yourselves. See you soon. Look what you made me do. Ah! <laughs>